Hello and welcome to this week's Blame It on the VAR podcast. I'm your host, Yusuf, and today I'm joined by Albi. Karis. Good to be back. And Peter. Hi, guys. All right, so uh, we missed last week. Unfortunately, apologies for that, but we're back now and we're going to talk about the recent, most recent round of Premier League results. And let's start with United Everton. And uh, Peter, how does Solskjaer keep getting away with it? How is it every single time it seems like he's about to go, he manages to pull something out of the bag and save himself? Honestly, I don't know what happened, but you have to credit Solskjaer for the way he laid out the team. You have to credit the guys for the place with a big performance. I do think Ancelotti deserves a little bit of criticism. Watching United is clear what our weaknesses are and Everton certainly didn't capitalise on them. But I think Ole just does this. Ole just it's, it, it's like the Twitter joke Ole judge. It, it's crazy how consistently every single time he's in the hot seat he decides to be a favourite of something. Yeah, it's, it's almost it's almost like he he thrives under pressure, but only under pressure. It's just and yeah, yeah like I say, Ancelotti deserves criticism. I, you know, actually, I, I knowing Ancelotti, I I kind of expected him to actually see the weaknesses more than I'd expect most managers to. So that that shocked me, to be honest. It was kind of like a lose lose for Albi as a Liverpool fan. So either United win or Everton win, which is just both are bad for him. But Albi, would you say you got the kind of would you, would you say you preferred this result or would you have rather Everton be us? Uh, yeah, because first of all, Ole staying is like so helpful, you know, and you're not being a threat to us at all. And uh, Everton are closer to us points-wise, so it would have been a bigger, bigger deal if they'd won because I think they'd be ahead of us right now. I'm not really sure. If not, they'd be on the same amount of points, so it's definitely useful that you've got that win over them, since you're quite far behind us still. Yeah, and I mean, it's, def- it's definitely an advantage to you guys to kind of have that hold over both of us now. I mean, I doubt United are catching up to Liverpool anytime soon. Yeah, you're too far behind already. I mean, it's, with the amount of injuries we've got, then maybe it's possible, but uh, at the moment, I don't see it. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about your injuries and kind of the players you're missing in the squad in a bit, but United, Alex Tenez has just contracted COVID for the second time possibly, and Luke Shaw is injured. Oh no, I think I think Tenez is actually fine. I saw a tweet recently saying that he tested negative and he's flying with the squad to Uruguay. So I think you're good on that front. Yeah, it's oh, thank God because I didn't want to see Brandon Williams play, but it's just it's been so confusing. First, it's saying Tenez has contracted it, then they're saying he's not, and then they're saying he's tested positive but might be fine, and now they're saying he's flying. It's, it's, it's hard to keep up with, but as long as Williams doesn't play, we're completely fine. But, um, you know, it, 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 how do you think Karis the Tellers will fit into this team? Considering he's a, he's a different player to Luke Shaw. Um, well, I've not watched enough of Tellers, if I've got to be honest, but from the little that I've seen, He's got quite a good delivery on him, really. So, just to have anyone that can cross other than Luke Shaw or Brandon Williams is going to be a positive for you. So, as long as you're getting the ball in good areas where he can cross it in or from a dead ball situation, then I'm sure you'll get a lot of draw out of him. Because it's mostly about, you know, how you get the best out of your better players, really. And all these signings, I'd say, most of them have managed to fit in to quite a decent degree. So, I expect Hellas to do the same as well. 
Yeah, and, and I think you, you talk about delivering the set pieces. Those are two things he really specialises in, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think he he's generally quite independent on that left hand side. He loves to get a delivery, and I just want to see him do it in higher volume. Just real get those crosses in and in and in. And then I think once the players are forward to get used to him, I think we'll see a lot more kind of runs in to the box and better movement from Anthony Martial, from Mason Greenwood, from Marcus Rashford as tellers is putting these crosses in, these pinpoint deliveries. You know, and Cavani actually coming off the bench is someone who could benefit from tellers because his movement is arguably the best of any striker in the last decade. And his heading as well is very good. So it'll be interesting to see... Uh, what happens but you know now one final question for you all is this the start of so I, I feel like I ask this every every week but is this the start of something for Ole or is this just again delaying the inevitable I think everyone knows my thoughts it's delaying the inevitable but I, I just wonder, do you think do you think the club are gonna stick with him until the end of the season or do you I, I don't even think he'll make it to Christmas personally uh, I think as usual the Glazers don't care about the football. They care about the money in the club. I personally think they will do the same thing that they did previously and wait until either the environment at the club is terrible or that it is mathematically impossible for us to get into Europe. I do think I do think Ole is a good manager. I think he's a decent manager, but I do not think he's a top-level manager. And there's been leaks from the squad about the top players doubting his ability at the highest level of football but they are com like he is a competent manager I see him somewhere I think I've said this publicly I see him around the 8th to 12th best manager in the league and that is not what United need right now so I do think the inevitable will happen and he will be fired yeah and I agree with you he is actually a good manager he's, he, I think he gets a lot of disrespect at times he's just not good enough for United and what we need which is why I think we need we need to kind of move him on but, you know, Albi, as much as I know you hope we keep Ole, do you think, how long do you think he's staying for? I think the rest of the season, if I'm being honest, because every single time he looks like he's going to be sacked, he goes on a winning run. And I actually, has he ever really been genuinely close to being sacked? Or has it just been kind of rumours where he's kind of worn off the rumours? I don't think it's inevitable, to be honest. I think it's just going to be the end of the season, if you finish probably like sixth or something, then it'll finally be over. I don't think it'll be soon. I think he'll stay in for a bit longer than people expect. Yeah, but I, 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 I think I, I have this feeling he might stay through the season. I agree kind of with what PK said, but I just, I think eventually if we carry on with our form in the league, then it'll get too bad to keep him on. But um, anyways, moving on, I know Karras has a lot to say about this game. Villa free, Arsenal Lille and Villa look serious this season but Arsenal look they, they got badly dominated and like Karis what were your thoughts um there's just so much to talk about with this game which is just annoying but um I'll firstly say that you know as is with every football match all of those goals could have been avoidable in some way like for example um even before from the first minute they just want, wanted it more. Like, I know it just sounds simple, but you could just tell they did. Like, the first chance McGinn got, he scored, and it got luckily rolled up for offside, which is unfortunate because we had one rolled up the previous week against, against Leicester. So I I felt for them at that point. 
But then from then onwards, you know, the defending was so passive. Um, so many runs weren't being tracked. Like, for example, I think there was a point where Barkley held the ball and was, like, doing so many feints on it. And that's when I knew that this team's in trouble defensively during this game, at least. And it's annoying because of I feel like for most of the season we've been so solid defensively, but that game was just all over the shop, really, like, holding Bellerin, Willian especially. They were the three players that I was really not happy with in that game. Even Lacazette as well. Miss, I keep saying it every week. He missed another like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just Lacazette being Lacazette. Another poor opportunity wasted. Another Tierney assist wasted. It's just so frustrating, really. Like, for me personally, I just don't really see enough freedom in our attacking movement. And that's something that really needs to change. And hopefully, Arteta's gotten that right over the international break. Yeah, but I completely agree. And obviously, I think we all saw what Jack Grealish did to uh, Hector Bellerin. And, like, yeah, we can talk about how embarrassing that was for Bellerin, but Jack Grealish right now is playing like PK from Hazard. Like, he's been amazing. Yeah, that's a very good comparison, to be honest. Like, he's got that proper, proper body strength, balance, everything. Like, you can't push him off the ball. He can dribble. He can play that killer pass. He's got a good long shot on him. Like he can do the lot, and he's actually been doing quite well from uh, coming off the left as well. So I'm happy for him, he's, and he's showing good form. He's here. also you can you can see that kind of uh, I, I don't I, I the word arrogance. Like I don't know if yeah. that's the right word necessarily. But you, yeah, you, like you, you belong at that he, level. Yeah, yeah. He he knows his quality, and he's going out there every single week now and showing that quality, and like it's shining through, and it's 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 become too good to ignore. Yeah, he's playing like he's an 80 million player, which is good for him. It's just he's he's playing at a world class level, I think, right now. And if he can carry that on, I but I, I see him carrying it on. I think I really think he's that good. And I know, think he was very much underrated last season. I think he's been playing at um, this level or near this level for the last two years. But now that Villa invested in getting the players around him that really utilise the skills, they get him a striker that can really put away the chances that he creates. Because I think he was he not the second. He uh, was did he not create the second most chances from open play last season in the Premier League? Yeah, I believe so. Behind Buendia. It's crazy. I think it was De Bruyne. I think it was De Bruyne. Yeah, I'd assume it's De Bruyne, but Buendia was probably up there. But yeah, yeah. It's just crazy how he's been doing this at such a well at a club that's been struggling so much. And now that they've got the pieces around him, he's just shining. Speaking on Arsenal, like as much as I'd want him to go to United, I feel like he'd be a brilliant signing for you guys. If you guys if the Pepe experiment no longer works, recuperate as much money as you can from him, sign on Grealish and then just give him the keys to your club. You can go somewhere better than Arsenal. He could go to exactly. someone Gen- genuinely could go to Real Madrid or PSG. Uh, or as long as it's not Liverpool, it's fine. I don't yeah, think I'm But I was just about to say, like, Peter, watching him play this way, does it not frustrate you that we didn't manage to get the deal done this summer? Um, honestly, I did not think he was worth the money. If Villa were demanding between 50 and 60 million, I'd say yes. But I probably, that's due to me being quite sure that we were also going to sign Sancho and that is a whole another disappointment that I do not want to get into. 
But like speaking to to other United fans, I I could see him fitting in our team so well. We always needed a we've been needing a wide creator now for a while. It shows how much better we play when matters deployed on the right hand side, and he literally tucks in. He gets a he pushes Bruno back, which makes him lose the ball less and makes him like get his team involved in the game in like a more yeah. positive way, and. If we had an attacking right back, as much as I love Van Bissaka, a right back who could really like control that flank would help this sort of team so much, because both of our, um, both Martial and Rashford are both goal scorers. Even though they do like finding each other, they're both primary goal scorers, and we don't have that other source of creation, especially with Pogba's form right now. Yeah, and we can talk about that later, but. No, I, I completely feel what you're saying. And actually, again, there was one tweet I saw uh, after the Southampton game where we drew 2-2. And I remember we took we took off Pogba, Fernandes. We ended the game with a midfield three of McTominay, Fred and Matic. And I saw one tweet which was saying, this is where having a player like Jack Grealish in the squad would have helped us, someone who can just, towards the end of the game, just slow the tempo of it with his ball carrying, his dribbling, you know, force those fouls, just bring the play higher up the pitch. And that... Would someone like that is the difference between us winning the game and us drawing the game like we did? Yeah, I just feel like he, he fits anyway. He's one of those people that he's one of he's having one of those seasons that the top clubs just have to just get him not only to improve their team but to stop someone else getting him. It's like as yeah. a United fan, seeing um, City linked to him petrifies me. Seeing Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea linked to him petrifies me. Oh yeah, that's, that's some scary stuff. Like I would not want him at those clubs. And uh, but let, but let's talk about uh, a, a teammate of Jack Grealish's who has been at top clubs the last few years and struggled, but is looking in form right now. Ross Barkley. Uh, Albie, what's your thoughts on him? He's played very well. You know, notably against us and Arsenal. You know, big games could be considered another one of the players that Chelsea have kind of not ruined, but not got the best out of. I think he he's been great for Villa coming in, a great great signing. He he's improved his own career and improved Villa's start to the season. He's looked so good coming in. He links up with Grealish and McGinn so well. It's seems to be a very good signing from what seemed to be like a washed up player a few months ago. Yeah, and I, I think everyone kind of knows about the talent Ross Barkley has, but it's always been an issue of consistency with him, and also sometimes his decision making and stuff. It isn't the best, but I said. At the time, I think this is a good signing for him, for Villa, and for Chelsea because he he goes to an environment with less pressure on him that maybe gets the best out of him and then gives him the confidence to kind of get to the level we know he can be at. You know, it helps Villa for a season. And if he's doing really well, Chelsea take him back and they've got a top player there. You know, I'm, I'm like curious, I'm sure, having watched him, the way he played against you guys, I'm sure you'd agree with that. Yeah, he was excellent. Like, I've been keeping an eye on him for the last few weeks and he seems to be, like, almost back at that prime form that he used to show at Everton, like, quite a few years ago. And Ross Barkley, when he was in those years, he was touted to be, like, you know, a future star of the England team, you know, leading us along with so many other players. But unfortunately, you know, things haven't gone to plan when he went to Chelsea. And the thing is that you could see his ability on the ball, like, he can dribble well. He gets stuck in. He's two-footed as well. Like his left foot's quite underrated. 
And at Chelsea, he's shown bits of his quality, but like not consistently, as you said before. And now at Villa, as you said, he's got a place where he's under less pressure. He's thriving because he's in a team that fits his talents and he's in a fluid team as well. Because if you've got guys like Grealish, McGinn, who's also underrated around you, if you've got Watkins making runs in behind um, or, you know, holding up the ball, then, you know, you're going to enjoy yourself and enjoy your football. So, yeah, I'm happy for Barkley. And if it continues, I'm pretty sure he'll be in the England squad very soon. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I see him on the plane next summer if he carries on. But he's just, he's he's impressed me quite a lot, Barkley. And, and finally, uh, another player, Ollie Watkins. Like, he's taken to the Premier League like a duck to water so far. Peter, what's your thoughts on him? I thought he's, it was a very, very good signing from them, getting a really decent goal scorer for a good price. Was he not the championship top scorer, or am I getting that wrong? Yeah, I th- it was yeah. him or Mitrovic. It um, was, they honestly did brilliant business this summer, signing him and Mike Cash from the championship. It just goes to show that you have to take risks on, like, it's even some of the top clubs probably, from, like, definitely the mid-table clubs. You might have to take risks on some of these um, players that are playing really well in the championship. I saw an article earlier today about Tottenham, um, Tottenham wanting to sign Greedish for a hot price deal. And like, if that had gone through, you would have known how Poch would have turned out then. Maybe you can got that extra piece to push towards that title or at least some separate trophies. But Watkins is a brilliant goal scorer. So far, so strong, really industrial. He terrorises defenders as he did against Liverpool and Arsenal. He's a very decent finisher as well. I just think that he's a, he's been perfect for their system. He's been perfect for the way they're trying to play. And I think his movement in behind is another thing. Like he's constantly making runs and getting into positions where it's just so easy for Grealish and Barkley to find him. He's he's helped them as much as they've helped him. And I yeah, I, I completely agree. It was a really good signing to make. And I also, you know, a lot of United fans are kind of after the Dan James think skeptical to buying players from the championship but I think there's a lot of talent in that league that you know if the Premier League taps into it then there's some players in that I, really I don't understand the bank signing for me I mean, it, it's, more, it's more about your infrastructure that you've got in place like let's say if we talk about Brentford for example the way they scout the players that they get is really good like you know they obviously got Watford they got Watford and he flourished and got over 20 goals for them. Now they replaced him. They got Ivan Tony, who's already got, I think, like 11 goals in 10 games. He's one to look oh, out wow. for as well. So clubs like that already know what's the next step. And what I feel like has been missing from some of the top clubs like United and Arsenal is that they they don't scout to the best of their ability in the sense that, you know, they don't think how the player's going to progress in the next few years and whether it's the perfect fit for them. Let's say a player like Pepe, for example, like I still rate him to a, to an extent, but even Bayern said that you know he's a player that kind of thrives with having space to run in behind, and he's played a totally different role and has kind of struggled in it. So it just shows the importance of scouting and finding what's right for your system. And clubs like Brentford, clubs like Villa, right now, they've been doing that. Yeah, and they're, they're doing that. And Leicester, I think, are the biggest example of it. They they want a, they want a Premier League from doing it. So. This is just it just got to show the importance of scouting. But anyways, moving on, let's talk about Liverpool City 1-1 and what that result 
means for the situation at the top of the table? Albi, if you could start just by telling us like your reaction. Um, in hindsight, it's a pretty good result. Like away from home, probably the, our toughest game of the season to get a one-all draw when we've not won there since I think 2015, and we've lost so many games there. It's like in the league, it's like it's a good result, and I think both of us got quite lucky in senses like we looked way better than them for 30 minutes, but then they also missed a penalty and had most of the second half. However, boring the second half was, they did have the chances in the second half. And I'm pretty happy with the result generally. I just think we could have got more out of the game. With We had a few half chances that we probably could have converted. But yeah, like one all, I think is a fair result and a, a result I'm quite happy with. Yeah, and I think it's just... Uh, it, it it kind of showcased the it showcased how strong you both are in that you struggle to each other, but also it showcased kind of your weaknesses in ways like in that you kind of struggled at times against each other, and uh, it just showed that your recent inconsistencies as teams. But in uh, now in the aftermath of this game, we've heard obviously Joe Gomez has picked up supposedly a similar injury to Van Dyke, which will wound him up for a long time. And most Salah's contracted COVID nineteen, so uh, Salah should be back very soon. But what what do those two mean for you? I know Albi, you've said a few times on here you're not the biggest fan of Joe Gomez, but surely it, with your depth at centre back already quite poor, an injury to him is just damaging. Yeah, I mean I don't really rate him, but he's definitely better than having Nat Phillips or Reese Williams there. You know, they they've literally got a combined one Premier League appearance together. So it's a very big miss. I just don't think it's probably as big as some people think because he has been quite poor recently. But then Matip, is ine- it's inevitable, inevitable he'll get injured again. So we will be stuck with a youth centre-back at some point. And that's the issue if we don't buy someone in January. I'm still unsure if he will or not, to be honest. But it is a, it is a, it is a huge miss. I just don't think it's as big as people are making it out to be. I think you'll be forced to buy someone in January, to be honest, because, yeah, like you said, Matip is inevitably going to get injured. It wouldn't surprise me if Fabinho got some kind of injury and you you could end up being stuck with... I think Fabinho is injured, actually. Uh, he's, he's, yeah. he's back in full training, though. Right. Oh, OK. But it wouldn't surprise me if he got injured at all anytime soon and then you're stuck with nothing but youth centre-backs. Though, Karras, uh, as a rival, it must be kind of... Well... <sighs> Not like nice, but it must be like kind of good to know that Liverpool are weakened. Yeah, to a degree, is like I won't say it's nice to see, but like you know, we at least for a few weeks Liverpool won't be as strong as we know they can be, and obviously it's not their fault, you know, because of the way the fixture has been scheduled so close together. Like the amount of injuries have been increasing by, let's say ten percent even. So that's something that you know. Is unavoidable, really. That's why the managers are campaigning for five subs in a game and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, the thing with Liverpool is I I would actually counter Albi and say that Gomez is a bigger miss than they'll actually realise. Because I feel like ever since Van Dijk got injured, you know, his ability to ping long balls and diagonals was quite key. And it's just better having him there than someone like Riss Williams, who only made his on the 21 debut like last month for England so just having that experience there compared or relative to 
your other options is just good, really. So, and then with Matip as well, you know how injury prone he is. I won't be surprised if next match he plays, he gets injured. So, I was thinking that if Liverpool have to play defence, it will be like Williams, Matip, Wrist Williams, and who else? I think Robertson has a hamstring injury, so it'll be Shimakas. So, he just seems seriously weak in defence, which is why I'd say that Joe Gomez is still a bit of a miss. But this season's been unpredictable, so you never know what's going to really happen at this point. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard Simicass is quite a, a good quality player, but I, I still need to see more of him. And yeah, I mean, seeing Liverpool look so vulnerable at the back, you just think Salah, Mane, Yota are going to have to really step up and Firmino's going to have to learn how to play football again. <laughs> then, you know, Pierre, I'm sure, like, as United fans, it's kind of, again, it makes us feel less bad about how bad we are knowing that Liverpool are so vulnerable at the moment and that we might not finish, you know, 30-something points behind them again. You know what I call this? I call this reparations. For two years, <laughs> these guys have gone with high-intensity football, bone-crunching challenges, two whole years of dominance, and they didn't get a single significant injury. And that's coming back to back them right now. But that's a little joke. It's unfortunate that see players like this just take like months out. But in terms of competitiveness, it definitely opens up the league a bit more. We've not seen anyone really take control of this this season. Not seen anyone look as if they're like, ah, oh, they're the team to be. If it was going to be anyone, it was going to be Liverpool. The game against City shows that they're not that far ahead of the other top teams in the league. And they have been beaten by other teams such as Aston Villa. So it shows that they are very much beatable, something that didn't really look likely last season. So I just think like this is going to be, in, not in terms of quality, but maybe in terms of closeness, one of the best Premier League seasons in recent memory. Yeah, I agree. Like The quality has kind of dropped over the last year, in my opinion, but it's all in the last years it's been run it's been a runaway win like now we're seeing oh it's been one or two teams just dominating like now we're going to see a much more competitive league than we have in recent times but let's one team i want to talk about uh is um leicester and they've started really strongly obviously they're top of the league right now and are we going to see a repeat of 15 16. too early to say to be honest but what I like about Leicester is that, you know, if I compare them to our Arsenal side, they just got a good mix of different profiles. Like, you know, you've got your young centre-backs like Wesley Fofana, who has been outstanding this season, next to the likes of, you know, Johnny Evans, who gives you that experience. You've got Siuntri that will be coming back soon. Harvey Barnes has been in amazing form. Jamie Vardy, you just know that he'll always bang goals from wherever. Sengish Unda can come off the bench sometimes. He's also another good one from Roma. He's got a good long shot on him as well. Then if you see the midfielders, I feel like Madison's going to have a really good year. And I feel like even last season he was quite underrated, to be honest, because he's been playing like a centre mid and having to get yeah, involved in the up a lot more. So Last season, Madison definitely played deeper. Yeah, so if you see him, like, you know, getting higher up more, I feel like, you know, you'll see a lot more respect on his name. He's quite a good player who hasn't got the respect he deserves, really. And oh, yeah, Tiedemann's good games too. Tiedemann's on a good reform. That's the thing, they've got so many different profiles. They've just got, they've got depth in attack now. They've got good, 
Prophet again, another player, Timothy Castagna, has really impressed me since coming back, since since joining Leicester. And obviously, Ricardo Pereira is due to come back soon, I believe. And that'll be, again, a big advantage for Leicester. They've got some really good quality players in that team. Vardy's already on eight goals. Like he's, you, can, you can say penalties all you want, but he puts them away, and Leicester have been winning them. But no, they, they've, they've really impressed me. Leicester and yeah, Fafan has been amazing. Cheng is in there. I remember I first watched him in the 2018 Champions League semi finals, Roma versus Liverpool, and I was really impressed by him. And ever since then, I've been a fan. And you know, seeing him at Leicester, he's a really good quality player. Ayose Perez has shown he can be a quality player too. I think Leicester are a team to watch out for this season. I don't think they'll win the league, but I think they're a team to watch. Out for I'm sure you'd agree with that, Aldi. Yeah, I mean, people kind of just ignored them after kind of their collapse last season, but they did have a lot of injuries towards the end of last season, even though they did bottle it. Yeah, they had Ricardo Pereira out, they had Ndidi out. People, and they've, you know, they have improved. You know, Under is a very good signer, and he's been great when I've seen him play. Same with Castagna. They could definitely put in a challenge for Europe for sure, and maybe get a push top four. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And actually, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish top four this season. Again, it just depends on the injuries. But they've got they've got more depth now, so they're better placed to cope with injuries. And, you know, Peter, what do you think is going to happen with Leicester? Um, I'm convinced, as Albie said, I was one of those who really just, like, ignored their start. And it's just been quite evident that Brendan Rodgers is a top manager. So the people doubt were doubting him at the end of last season didn't really understand the situation. And he's got them back firing again, getting a lot of goals, playing well. He's, Tielemann seems to be settling in more and more. And I'm a huge fan of him. I really do think he's talented. He just, similar to like Pogba right now, he just doesn't have the the stamina doesn't have the like drive he doesn't put himself out there as much as he should but quality wise yeah. I think he, he can he probably has like in terms of quality I'd say he's definitely top 10 in the Prem in terms of sentiments and he can make a push for like the top 5 pretty soon but yeah um, they've improved their depth they made some really good signings they're playing really good football Vardy scoring yeah, as you said even if it's Pence he's still scoring my only concern for them is whether um, whether Vardy can keep scoring at a rate that he usually does. He is aging, and age does catch everyone. But I, I do think they'll finish top. Well, judging on the season so far, they're definitely strong contenders for top four and a dark horse for the t- title. Maybe just because of how much the league is in disarray right now. Yeah, definitely. And um, one. You know, I I think I think that's still a very good team. I agree with you that Brendan Rodgers is a top manager and Tielemans, I've been a fan of him ever since you know he joined Leicester. He's always looked like a really talented player. Again, he's not got the stamina just like just like Pogba. And I think there's a lot I can say about Paul Pogba, but I don't just want to be seen as making excuses. I accept his form's been poor, but you know, there's reasons for it when you actually put agendas aside and look at the situation properly. But, you know, we're, we're not talking about Pogba right now. Uh, yeah, Tielemans, once he really 
develops the consistency and gets going. He is one of the most talented midfielders in this league. I'm a big fan of his. But one other team who are in quite good form right now, whose players have found form, are Chelsea. Timo Werner's bagging. Ben Chilwell seems to be, you know, a completely different player to the one we saw last season. Like what, what's what's happened to Chelsea? This they looked inconsistent before, but suddenly they're winning games. Uh, yeah, they're, they're looking consistent defensively. Probably helps having Silva and Mendy. But uh, they, they've kind of got their consistency together at, at the right time. You know, the right season when they've really got an open chance to win the league. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is Chelsea's best chance right now. And after the signings they made in the summer, I think a lot of people would be disappointed if Frank Lampard didn't deliver a league title, having had all of that money to spend on his team. But I even wanted, like, he, he scored for Germany uh, twice. It was either last night or the other night. He's just, he's just in fantastic form right now. And it's just, you know, he seems... Uh, will this form continue is just what I want to know. I think he'll slow down eventually, but he's doing really well right now. Uh, we, we've all known that Werner's a fantastic goal scorer. We were just concerned about how their balance would work. He likes to be played out on the left more, and we did assume that Abraham wouldn't have as big a role as he did. As poor as it is, I feel like Pulisic being out for a little bit longer has helped Werner, since Abraham can now occupy that cent- central role and let Werner drift in and play off the left. I feel like they do have enough players now in their attack to accommodate for what Werner doesn't add, so he doesn't really link up the play. He's more of the end product type of guy. You get, a ball, you get the ball to him at the end of your moves, and he puts them away for you. I feel I've been very imp- impressed with Havertz. He may not be getting the goals and assists that he does, but when you watch him play, he re- he's, re- he's a really clever player. He gets into good spaces. He occupies the defence, creating more space for Werner. Uh, Ziyech coming back from injury has made them take them up a level. They now have an incredible creator who can literally find a pass out of anything. I'm just surprised to know what he, they had a free run at him as well. I do think Werner's form is going to slow down a bit, but you can probably expect 20 goals a season, 20 goals this season, which is a very good return, especially in his debut Premier League season. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, I, again about Zayek, like he would have cost 11, 12 million more than we paid for Daniel James that summer. And it's just so frustrating when you look at the golf, the pure golfing quality between the two players and s- such a small price to pay. Like what could have been if we were run by serious people? That's the thing. I'm not sure what all these other clubs were seeing. Like, to not buy Ziyech while Chelsea were the only ones that did. But maybe time will tell. We'll see whether, you know, Chelsea were right or the other clubs were right. And I think Chelsea were the only top club to go for him. Because other than Chelsea, I think I last remember there was that interest from some Spanish team. I can't remember who it was. Whether it was Valencia or someone else. But yeah, since Ziyech's coming, he's shown a really good run of form so far. His delivery with his left foot is just exceptional as I expected. And this always turns up in the big occasions, really. So we'll see if that continues. All right, so moving on now, we've got uh, an interesting new prospect for you guys. So um, I've been having a follow American sports for every year draft in two days. So we've got a bit of a draft of our own going on. We're uh, picking 
Uh, I feel good for the basic sides. Uh, drafting players, of course. And the rules are obviously you pick players. You're only allowed two players from each big sixteen. You know, if someone else has taken a player, you can't take that player in your team anymore. So uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll start. On, we're going for a deep ball, three four. Uh, four three three formation. We'll start off with goalkeepers and kind of work our way through the positions. So, um, Albie, if you want to go first, who do you want to draft in goal and, and why? Um, I'm going to go with Mendy because I oh no, 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 yeah, yeah Mendy, Mendy because I don't want to get rid of a Liverpool or a City pick on a goalkeeper, to be honest. I think Mendy's um, a very good keeper. Yeah, that, that that makes sense, actually, I think. Yeah, I, I get that. You know, you, you want to save your picks from the two big teams. Um, right, think about it that way. Uh, I think I'm going to go for the recent goal then. Just, I've been really impressed with this form this year, especially since uh, Mourinho came in. And like you say, you want to save your Liverpool City players. So for now, I'm going to say... Maurice, uh, Peter, who are you going for? I'm going to go for Alisson. I do feel like it is risky taking a Liverpool pick this early, but I do feel like the gap in quality between him and the other keepers in the Premier League as of now justifies this. Yeah, but, but I was considering Alisson, but I went for Maurice. Your goalkeeper. I'm, I'm going to go with my Arsenal one, so I'll go with Bern Leno. I don't think there'll be too many Arsenal picks that will clog up the side, so <laughs> I can go with Leno and I'll be safe, so I'll go with that. Alright, cool. And now can I see your right back? Who are you picking? Um, I'm picking Reese James. I just feel like, personally, I feel like he's been the most consistent right back in the league this season. Like, my issues with him were, like, defensively, I thought, like, he could get caught out a little bit, but he's been doing quite well going forward. Going back, you know how good his delivery is, so I'll definitely go with Reese James for me personally. Yeah, I really, I really do rate Reese James. Um, quality player, whoever. I've actually have rated for a while now, but yeah, Peter, are you going for a right back? I'm going to go for Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I do think there is a big gap between him and Trent, but my side in my head is going to be quite attacking, so I need that defensive stability right there and there is no better defensive right back than him yeah that, that's that's completely understandable I was, was going to pick one this second before that as well right so oh, this, this is this, this is a tough one now right I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Kyle Walker we have to waste all of my city picks but I'll, I'm gonna go for Kyle Walker I just I, I Trent just isn't reliable enough defensively for me and the way I'd want to play. So I and the, yeah, like you say, I, I need that flexibility, and I think Walker's good enough going forward to justify picking him. Uh, I'll be for the right back. Um, Cancelo, uh, because I've got other plans for Liverpool players, and I think Cancelo is very good. I actually think he's better than Walker. Yeah. yeah, I completely forgot about Cancelo, but yeah, he's a player I rate very highly, actually. Now, um, uh, for your first centre-back, Albi, who are you going to go for? 
Not that this isn't obvious. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I needed to ask that one. I, I don't know if you need to explain that really. <laughs> Just the, that was completely obvious, right? Uh, I, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for the port for my first centre back. I would go for Thiago Silva, but I want I want Laporte to not get taken up because I know that knowing what I know about football, I believe a left-footed centre back is a crucial thing to have in the team. So that's why I'm picking the port. Um, um Peter. I'm going to go for Thiago Silva instead. Then just you see the impact he's had. He's a leader. I'm going to make him my captain in this team. Solid European experience, top centre back, probably one of the best of the last decade. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. He is one of the best of the last decade. Real top class centre back, who I rate a lot. And I was annoyed United didn't go for him. I, I said we should. Uh, Karis, who are you going for as your first centre back? Well, since Thiago Silva's gone, I think I have to pick Gabriel quickly. Um, I feel like he's been amazing this season. Him, him, Fafana, Thiago Silva for me have been top three in the league this season. I don't think Gabriel's put lower than eight out of ten for us this season. I'd say, like, there's not been a single game where I'd be like he was bad. Like, he's won our Player of the Month now for the second month in a row. He's been that good for us. Like, he's just so front-footed in the way he defends. He can defend large spaces. He's decently quick. He's very strong. So I have to put Gabriel there. Yeah, and that's and that's your second Arsenal pick taken up now. But um, yeah, so for your second centre back, who are you going for then to partner him? To partner him, I'm gonna go with. That's the tricky one. Let me think. Alderweireld. Alderweireld, good, good pick actually. Alderweireld. I just feel like you know. He's proved his quality for the last few seasons and he's just the epitome of consistency. Um, there's not much to say on him, really. Everyone knows his quality, so I'm going to go about Alderweireld. Yeah. Uh, Peter? Uh, I'll be going for Ruben Diaz. I think he's made a brilliant start to the campaign. But he's really adapted to life in England. He's combative. He's composed. I feel like he has the potential to be one of the best centre-backs in the world within the next few seasons. Yeah, I noticed uh, Diaz at the 2019 Nations League. I was so impressed by him in that final. He, you know, he just, he played really well, right? So, um, for my second centre-back, all right. Okay. So, I, I, I don't want to pick another United centre-back. This, this is tough because the centre-backs are just bad. All right, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to go for Axel Twanzebi as my second centre-back. Okay. Like I just, wow. oh. it's a it's a bold claim, but I just his his recovery pace just he he's raw, but he's so rounded. I just I I I I'd be willing to take that chance on him as my second centre back. And Albie, who are you gonna go for as your second? Oh god, right, Diaz was my first pick, but I'm gonna have to pick someone else. Um, oh god, there's just no one good. Uh, <laughs> Zuma, I guess. Zuma's probably the, the only good one left-ish. Yeah, Zuma. There's, there's not a lot of good centre-backs, really. Right, now for, now for, now for your left-back, who, who would you pick, Albie? Sergio Rajulian. Rajulian. 
Great pick. Any reason why? Uh, Spurs pick, I think he's you know, a great player as well. Probably one of the best left-backs in the league. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I can back that. Um, top player. Uh, right, for my left-back, I'm going to go Andy Robertson. I just think, I just think he's amazing and I've not picked a Liverpool player yet so it's easy to go for him uh, Peter I was going to go pick for Julian but now I have to reevaluate and think about the teams I'm picking I feel like I have to go for Ben Chilwell then made a brilliant start to the season looking every bit as worth the 50 million paid for him so yeah he goes into my team yeah and uh, I think I know who Karis is going to pick already, but, you know, Karis, do you want to tell us? Um, I think I'm just going to go with Shimikas. Um, I know he hasn't really played in the league yet, but from what I saw of him a little bit, especially when he played against us in Europa League, he was excellent on that day. Sadly, we got knocked out by them, but, um, yeah, he was pretty solid enough. I feel like with more game time, we'll show what he can do, so... I'm going to pick him for now and I feel like I'll have better attacking options when I go forward. See, I thought you were going to pick Tierney. I was, I was so, so convinced you would pick Tierney. I can't pick Tierney because I already picked two Arsenal players, Leno and Gabriel. Oh, yeah, of course. Forgot. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, so to play, and to play the base of your midfield, Karis, who, who, to play the base of your four, who are you going for? Um... To play at the base, ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna go. With, um, I'm gonna go with Hoybjerg. I feel like he's had quite a good start to the season. He's a proper Mourinho player. Like you know, he gets stuck in with his work rate. He's got. He knows his limitations in the sense that you know he just keeps things simple, gets passes up quickly, um, high aggression to tackle. He's offered what you know Harry Winks hasn't really offered for the last few seasons, really. So. I just feel like that's a very good sign that they've made, so I'll go for Hoybjerg in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Hoybjerg. I think he started really well at Spurs too. He'll slot in nicely to your team. Uh, Peter, who are you going for to play the base of your midfield? I am going for the new signing, Thomas Partey. He's just been playing at a near world-class level for the last two seasons. He's been playing individually pretty well, just that he's been playing in a out-of-form Arsenal team. But I think for my team... He's going to be perfect. Yeah, that's, that's a good pick. Right. Uh, I know he's not your conventional defensive midfielder, but I'm going to go for Thiago to be to be my kind of my number six. I just, it's, you know, the way he dictates play, the way, the way he is in the first place, his press consistency. And actually, I think his defensive side is very underrated too. He's a solid tackler. He reads the game well. He positions himself well. You know, I I just I, I think he's perfect to play at the base of my midfield in my in my football team. And that's both my little picks used now. Right, uh Albie, who are you going for? How are you gonna let me get Pugba? I, I mean I know he's not really a six, but he'll do a job. Now, see, uh, 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 I wanted to pick Pogba, but I didn't want to pick him as a number six to play as a lone six. Fair mind. Wow. That's, that's a bold pick. I mean, not even factoring in his recent form. I think we all know that Pogba... I think we all know his recent form isn't a reflection of Pogba himself. We all know he's capable of much better. But 
Yeah, of course, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll have Pogba FC on my side, it's fine. That'll be very funny. Yeah, I'll, uh, you know, I'm going to have to vote for you, you know, just because just because of Pogba. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and and who, who... All right, so for, for your number eights, right, who are you going to go for as one of your two number eights? So you can pick an attacking midfielder or a central midfielder now. Or even another defensive... Well, not an... Considering you haven't picked a defensive midfielder, but you can pick an... A more defensive midfielder, just which midfielder are you going for to play a little further up in your midfield tree as a number eight? De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Yeah, I think I think that one was kind of obvious. All right, so you've yeah. got Pogba and KDB in your midfield now. Wow. This this is looking like a crazy attacking side from you. Um right, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pick Bruno Fernandez then, I think. That was my pick. Damn. I just like <laughs> I know a lot of people have their thoughts and opinions on Bruno Fernandes, but the number of goals and assists he gets is just like too good to ignore, really. Peter, who, who are you going to go for for your second midfielder of the three? I'm going to go for Tangai Ndombele. I feel like he's now adapted to life in the Premier League. He's been brilliant. He's so so press resistant. Keeps the ball. He's a brilliant ball carrier. And I feel like he provide a lot to my side. Yeah, I I see that on the fact I I, I rate him Dombele quite highly. It's a good pick. And uh, Karis Food so now for you got two picks. So for your second and your third midfielder, who are you gonna go for? Um I'm gonna go with Kai Havertz as one of them. I feel like that's my last Chelsea pick. And um, who's that one I'm gonna go with? Yeah, it's your last Chelsea pick, James and Havertz. Yeah, I'm trying to think of my other pick. Kai Havertz and I had another Arsenal one. Oh, no, I've already had two of them. You've had two Arsenal. You've had you had two Arsenal, one Spurs, one Liverpool. This is the thing. I wanted, I wanted Bruno. I was waiting for Bruno and got taken. Um, Kai Havertz and... What's that I'm going to pick? I already had two Spurs. Um... Kai Havertz and Bernardo Silva as two number eights. Bernardo Silva, yeah. Right. Any reason? Any reason why? Um, I know Bernardo's not really had the the best of times recently, but I feel like he's quite an underrated component of City's side in the last few seasons. If you're talking about that, and you know, I just feel like he's very well under footballer, very gifted. And then as for Kai Havertz, he's very adaptable. He can play. Just behind the striker, he can play almost like a number eight. But I feel like Kai Havertz is just someone that, you know, he's going to explode. And if you saw his stats even in the Bundesliga, not many can replicate what he's done at that age as well. So I feel like by the end of the season, he's going to be seen as one of the best signings for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. I've been a Havertz fan for a long time now. He's one of my favourite players in the league. Uh, Peter, for your, sec- for your final midfielder then, who, who are you going for? I don't know why we signed him, but I'm happy we did. I'm going to go for Donny van den Beek. I feel like that completes my midfield. I have now one 10-8 hybrid and two 6-8 and eight hybrids. Gives it good balance, good ball carrying, everyone good with their feet, chance creation galore, and defensively capable enough to supply my top front three. Tell you what, that's a, that's a solid midfielder. Uh, you know what, actually... 
I think for the pure kind of attacking talent there is, and it's hard to leave some of these players out. I'm gonna increase. I'm gonna give everyone one more pick uh, from each side, so you can pick three players from each team now. Let's say, but this is just because there's just so much attacking talent in each team. But uh, what only ones have completed the midfield. So to complete my midfield, right, so I've got Thiago, I've got Bruno, right? So I'm gonna go for Giovanni Lasalso. I um, think he's um, a really, I think he's a really good quality player. Like he progresses the ball quite well, and he's got some pretty decent creative numbers. Like he can kind of play as. I, I think him, both him and Bruno's eights with Thiago as a six. You've got ball progression and creativity. And you've got players who can get, and you've got a player in there who can get goals and assists from midfield. So I'm I'm gonna go for Lacelso, and that'll be to complete your midfield. Uh, I've had my pick taken so many times, but I'm probably going to go Xhaka. I don't know. Just I'm, I'm going to get Xhaka and just not think about it. Xhaka, right. So now, now, now picking Pogba first actually makes kind of sense. because It's kind of like on FIFA when you play like strikers in midfield and midfielders up front and then you just have the custom tactics. But like... You 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 got Pogba in your team before others could get him, and now you've got later on. You've got right. I'll keep Pogba in the six. It's fine. I'll let him vibe in the six. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jacko will drop the vibes. Yeah, that's that's consistent team, right? And on on your right wing, I'll be so bear in mind you can now pick. Uh, so you can now pick three players. So you can pick one extra player from a side if you've already picked two. <laughs> Three or front three, but I think I know who you're going to pick on your right wing anyway. I'm trying to figure this out. See, I don't know if I want to risk it. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to risk it. I'll go Salah. Yeah, I, I, I thought that that'd be the safe bet, Salah. I think I think we all know why, right? Um, for my right winger, I'm going to go for uh, Riyad Mahrez. I just think like good. He's a really creative player. He's shown he can get goals and stuff. And he's yeah, I, I think I just I rate him really highly in general. So I'm gonna pick him, Peter, for your right winger. So I'm glad you added this rule where you can take back take another pick from one team. I'm gonna put Hakim Ziyech as my right winger. Ziyech. I just feel like he's a very quality player. Top, 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 top quality player. Creates chances, can score. He's also going to be my team set-piece taker. Wow, you've, re- you've really thought this through. Set-piece takers, captains, everything. Right. Karis, uh, for no, your right no, wing. Nothing to do. Um, he's not going to be a conventional right winger, but he's shown in the past that he can, he can play off the right and do it very well. So I'm going to go with Marcus Rashford. Um, I feel like... The thing that's most underrated about his game is that he's got really good creative quality. So he can easily deliver in balls from the right, whether it's long or short. He can link up play very well. He's just a very gifted footballer and a good human being as well. So I'll put Marcus Rashford on the right. Right. And then for your left wing? Uh, My left wing, I'm going to go with Sadio Mane. I just feel like there's nobody better you can get than that. So... Said your money goes straight away. You know, I asked you, but I as soon as I asked you, I started typing money. 
in into, <laughs> into this. I just I know how I know how much you like him. I just I, I asked you, but I just knew you were gonna pick him. So yeah, and uh, Peter Field left wing, right? Who who are you gonna pick to play there? I am going to pick. I'm going to do this because I don't think Harry Kane will come back to me in terms of strikeouts. I'm going to pick Hyunmin Son. He started the season on fire, showing the quality that he has. And I just feel like he's the next best thing. I would have picked Sterling, but I would not have a Tottenham pick. And yeah, so Son goes in for me. Yeah, that song goes in for you, right? Um, so, Gareth, I've picked. I've, I've picked two United players. I've picked two City. Play- I picked three City players. I picked two local players. Picked one Spurs player, right? Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I can't pick Sterling because I've already had three City picks. So, I'm gonna go for Aubameyang off the left. I just, I know he's, yeah, again, he's not like a natural left winger, but we've seen just how many goals he scored last season off the left wing. And just like, with, a, with the creative quality of the Celso Bruno Mares that he'll eat. So I, I'm going to go for Aubameyang's play on my left. And uh, I'll be for your left winger and then for your striker, who are you going to go for? Um, I'll start off with the easy one, which is striker. I'll go Kane. Yeah, I think he was always going to be the first pick. Um, left wing. I don't know if I want to risk it or not. I'll go. I'll go Pulisic. I'll go Pulisic. Pulisic, wow, big shout! So nobody's picked Raheem Sterling. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So um, Pulisic, you know, he's that's, that's your third Chelsea player, but he's a really good quality player. I, I see the thinking behind that. Right, for my striker, I know I know this is a little long. I know I know it's not who you'd expect, but I'm gonna go for Anthony Martial. And I know I could have maybe picked a better well actually I actually think like I picked Kane's been taken up three city players already, so really I couldn't have picked a better striker, but I just for me Martial's I, I know recent forms poor, but for me overall he's probably the fourth best striker in the league and I just I, I rate how well rounded he is. Like his dribbling for a number nine is fantastic. His foot, his just his footwork in general, his hold up and link up play are heavily underrated. He's quite good creatively. He he's clinical when finishing, and like, it's just... he definitely he needs to produce more right now. But I'm sure that he knows that himself anyway. Yeah, and I mean, I, the other night for France, he looked so hungry. Like, and we saw his off ball movement was amazing. And I think. That came partly as a result of him knowing he hasn't had a goal, partly as a result of him knowing he had better teammates around him to pick him up. But I think in this team with the kind of creative quality and just the players around him, I think he'd link he'd link up really well with other players. I think he'd get into better positions, he'd score more goals. And I know he's produced more right now, but that's like to me, form is temporary. I know his quality and that's why I'm 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 backing him. I'm, I'm gonna try to put him in my team now. And uh, Peter, to play up front for you. I think it's the obvious pick from the strikers remaining. I'm going to go for Alexander Lacazette. Ah. What? Um, uh, I'm, 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 are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> no, no, take him, take him, take him. I'm <laughs> going for Aguero. 
Well, yeah, said Joe girl. What can I say? Said Lacazette first. Take Lacazette. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Lacazette. I hey, no, know, come on. Sure, no, no, Lacazette. That can't be well, allowed. What can you say about him? He's the second highest foreign top scorer in the Premier League history. And he's probably going to finish his... He's going to overtake on Ree pretty soon. I, I'm quite sure he'll do it by the end of this season, if not next. He's just a quality goal scorer. He's had brilliant seasons. He's had fitness issues, but I'm, I'm picking the team for a one-time game. And I don't think there's... Aside from Kane, I don't think there's anyone better available in the league. Yeah, oh, wow. Uh, that was almost a really, really risky pick from you. I think you saved it. <laughs> like as that one. Right, uh, and Karis, just to complete your team to play up front, who are you going to go for? This guy nearly picked like as that. We were this close to greatness. But anyway, <laughs> um, I probably have to go with Gabriel Jesus. Yeah. Just, you know. He's a really good young striker, very underrated at times. And as you saw the way he took his goal against Liverpool, he's got a bit of ingenuity about him. I just feel like we're yet to see the best of him yet, and the best is going to come soon. So, Gabriel Jesus is my choice. Okay. And just final question, Karis, to captain your team, who, who are you going to pick? So, you've got Leno in goal, Reese James right back, uh, Simicast left back, Gabriel Alderweireld as centre backs. Got midfield three of Hoybieg, Bernardo Silva, and Havertz, and a front three of Mane, Jesus, and Rashford. Uh, my captain will be Marcus Rashford. I think that's probably the obvious choice, in my opinion. I think it's a very good choice, yeah. personally. Yeah. Right. Uh, obviously, Peter's picked his captain, Thiago Silva. For my captain, I'm going. I'm going to pick Bruno Fernandes to be my captain here. I think I just. I could pick Lloris as he's captain of the team to walk up, but I just, I, the leadership I see from Bruno, I can't not pick him as captain. Uh, I'll be as your captain. So you've got Mendy in goal, Cancelo right back, Maguire right um, back. You don't need to go through it, Van Dijk. It's pretty easy. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, that's, that's an easy choice as well, yeah. actually. Right. So um, that's the team's picked. So uh, please, you know, pay attention to the page. These teams will be going up and you will be voting. So, uh, Remember, vote my team. And if you don't vote my team, vote Albie's team because it's got Pogba in it. Look at this. Oh, no, it's it's <laughs> calm. No, I'm, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've won this one. Well, we'll see what the polls say. But no, thank you everyone for uh, tuning in today. It was really nice to be back. And hopefully we'll see you later on this week.